Picking up Masacha Saita, Daf Bezamid Bey, six lines from the bottom, last word on the line is Amar. The issue now is going to be the definition of this term kinui. We said in the Pasuk, if a husband of a kine as Ishta, he is Mekana, his wife. What's that word? Kinui. So Amar Reish Lakish, I circled Reish Lakish. Two lines later, near the end of the line, last word on the line is Abaye, I circled Abaye. So Reish Lakish says, Amar Reish Lakish, Maloshen Kinui. What, what is that? Term, how is that to be understood? Well, it's a davar hamatil kina beinalavin achayrim. It's a issue that will cause kina. Kin will say here means Rashi says kaas anger or strife between her. That's the wife lebeinachayrim and others. In other words, the other people in the community. That's why Rishlakish understands the lashon kinoi alma. I vectored the word alma. It seems from this understanding or for this explanation. Kisava, the Rishak is of the opinion that the kinui is alpiatsma. The kinui is effective, even if it's only the husband who is there. In other words, you don't have to have two witnesses for the kinui. What's going to happen? So the husband warns, the rest of the community has no idea that this wife was warned, that the husband warned her, Amri, and they'll see that she's like uh, very unfriendly and doesn't want to have what to do with people. My Dekama, what's going on in front of us here, Dekabada, that she's separating herself from us? And, and they will proceed to La'ave, to do or to cause Kina, this type of strife, against her. That's one approach. Ravimah bar Shlemya, who I underlined, Mishmei Dabai, and we'd already circled Dabai, is the second approach. What's the Lashon of Kinui? Well, Davar Hamatil Kina Beinoi Leveina. The, uh, it's an issue that could cause strife or disharmony between him and her, between the wife and the husband. Alma Kasavar, I vectored the word Alma. Well, it seems like then, according to Abaye, that he's of the opinion that Kinui is Alpi Shnayimedim. Has to be two witnesses who will see it. Vikuli Alma Yadi de Kanila. And therefore, since two people saw it, the word will get around. And like everyone in the community will realize that this husband uh, was Mekana, his wife. He warned his wife. And it's really the uh, main strife that will be caused here is between him, uh, the husband who causes this strife, along with his wife. Alma Kesavri. Now, both of those opinions, both Reish Lakish and Abaye, it seems from the way they're explaining things that there's going to be a, a strife caused either with the community or with the husband that, like, ideally it's uh, actually forbidden for a husband. Or we'll say, he really shouldn't do it. However, we know there's another approach. Uman Damar, that it's totally permissible for a husband to uh, warn his wife, don't you go into Yichud with that guy. Then how does that uh Opinion explained the lashon of the word kinui. Well, Amrav Nachmar Yitzchak ain kinui the lashon hasra. That approach will understand kinui more as not a uh, a strife causing thing, but rather simply a warning, uh, an informational warning. There's even a precedent for this in uh, Yoyel. There's a pasuk that says va yikane Hashem laartsay Hashem warned his land is the issue there of different uh, grasshoppers and other creatures that might come and, and destroy the land, and the land is being warned. The people are being uh, warned uh, to behave properly, so that won't happen, period. Tanya, we have a, Bryson now goes for exactly four 
lines that the uh, term ve'avar, like ve'avar lavrokina, is uh, something that indicates public announcement. Hi, Rabbi Meir Oimer. Adam a human being violates what they shouldn't be doing, and they do it in private. And Hashem will, so to speak, announce it to everyone. Now, we know this happens to all of us. We know everything we do is going to be uh, revealed before, well, really revealed before the only one that makes a difference is Rabbi Shalom. But in, this is a, a, a prime example of that, Shanamar. Like the Pasuk says, uh, by Saita, Pasuk Yudalid, the Avar, I squiggle on the word Avar, the Avar Alav Ruach Kina, the Ain, what's that Lushan of the Avar, the Lushan of Avera, Aino Lushan, Aino Ella, the Ain Avera, Ella Lushan, Hachraza, like a public announcement. Shunemar, where do we see that the root Ayin, Bez, Resh indicates uh, public uh, announcement? Like the Pasuk says, back in Shmois, Vaitzav, Moshe, over there, Moshe had to get the word out to the people, and the, the verb used is vayaaviru for um, public announcement. That's the end of the brisa. Reishlakishamar, and I actually double underlined uh, this entire next line. Ein Adam One of the uh, most famous memrachazala. A person does not um, do an avera unless some sort of uh, spirit of, of, of craziness comes over them. Why in the world? How could it possibly a person ever do something wrong if not that they were in this uh, strange state of mind or let themselves be in this uh, strange uh, um, state of mind? Shanamar? Like we even see in the case of Saita, it says right at the beginning, Ish Ish Ki Siste Ishtoi. It says uh, a man, and the term that's used is siste, if his wife is siste. Now, it, it, truth is, you could pronounce it as tishte, like from the word shaita, the sin is read as a shin, and then it would be like shtus, the lashon of shtus. You could even read it that way. Period. Tanabir Bishmal, we have a two and a half line brisa brought to us by the Academy of Rabbi Yishmal. We know already, we saw yesterday, that uh, one witness would be believed to say that there was immorality if there was already a Kinuian stira. Why is that? Well, Shiraglaim Ladavar. There's literally feet to the matter, unless it's, it's like extenuating circumstances clearly indicate there's probably something going on here. Share Kinala. I dot underline Kinala. Vinistara, he husband warned her, and she went into Yichud. And not only that, but Eidechad Meida Shehitimei. And there's actually one witness who said he saw the deed. That's the end of the Brisa. Amalei Rapapala Baye. Well, one second. Look at the order that these things are listed off in the Psukim. Vahaki Ksiva, when it's actually um, written, the Kinui, I put that in a, a phrase marking. In the order of the Psukim, it talks about the uh, Stira going into the uh, secluded area. It talks about the actual potential act of immorality. And only afterwards it mentions the Kinui. It sounds like even without a Kinui, one witness will be believed uh, regarding the Tuma. Amrale. So it says back Abaye. No, no, no. When later Pasuk says Ve'avar, like Ve'avar, that means. Uh, when it says "va'avara love ruach kina v'kinas yishtoi," that's talking about not a chronological list of the way things happen. Rather, when it mentions the "avara ruach kina," ukvaravar means this had happened already previously before the things mentioned in the psukim before. 
Okay, so then the word ve'avar indicates that something that had already previously happened. Really? Let's try to apply that elsewhere in the psukim. Elamiata, then when it says ve'avar lachem kol chalutz, ve'avar lachem kol chalutz is by the uh, tribe of God in Reuven, and Moshe makes a deal with them that when the Jewish people in the future go into conquer the land of Israel, that they will agree to go in uh, armed and help fight. Hachanam, you're going to say that ve'avar means and they did that previously? Well, hasami dirsiv, no, that can't be, because from the fact that it says over there, in the next pasuk, this is, bamidbar uh, lamid beiz, it was pasuk chafalaf, it says chaf beiz, v'nich b'sha'aretz lifnei Hashem, and the land will be conquered before Hashem, talking about the future conquer of the land of Israel, v'achar tashuva, and then you'll come back, mashmadullah haba, it's pretty clear that that's talking about a future of avar ella Hacha, however, here in Parsha Soite, Yisak if you were to think, Kedichsivi, that it is the way that it is written. Um, and it says, Venistra, Vehinitma'a, and then she goes into Yichud, and there's one witness that she was uh, Tmea, and then Va'avar, Basar, Tuma, Vestira, the word Va'avar, Va'avar, Lavrochina, would be after the Tuma, Stira, Kama, then what would even be the point of the warning? It, like, it would be totally superfluous, and therefore it can't be. Period. Tana We boxed the Demeir Bishmal, and we bring a Brysa. The Brysa goes for two lines. Machlokas, uh, well, we'll see. Says the Brysa, ruach. I underline Ruach. A uh, husband doesn't warn his, a man doesn't warn his wife unless there was a Ruach, some sort of almost uh, divine spirit or other bodily spirit that comes over him. Shneemar, like the pasuk says, ve'avar alav ruach kina, and then vekinias ishtei. That's the end of the pasuk. That's the end of the brisa. Now, what type of ruach are we talking about over here? Is this like a good thing or not a good thing? My ruach. Well, last generation of Amiraim, Ravashi, and his uh, yeshiva had a machlokas. The rabbanon who I circled on me ruach tuma. It's a tuma dika spirit. Ravashi, who I circled on my Ruach Tara, no, it is a Tahara spirit based on the fact that you have a man here who hates Pritzus. He hates immorality. He just can't stand it. Okay, so, well, uh, could we uh, conclude anything? Who's maybe more right? Uh, the Gemara, which conveniently was edited by Ravashi, um, goes for the next five lines and says, Mistabra kind of makes the most sense to say, like the Mandamra, that it's a Ruach Tahara. Desanya, as we see in the following, as we see from the following Machlokas, uh, it's a brisa, goes for about a line and three words, and it says like this. In Pasuk Yudalid, in Parsha Saitan, it says, quote, three words, Vekineas Ishtoi. Is that something that a husband has to do or is optional? Well, Machlokas, Rishus is optional, Div Rabbi Shmuel, we underline Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva, we also underline Amar Chayva, he says, no, it's a chiyu for the husband to do that. Okay, so whatever is going on here, this uh, Vikini Asishto is either optional or you have to do it. Let's analyze that. E, Amris, I squiggle under on the E, if you want to say Bishlama all as well, that it's a Ruach Tahara, that this, that which causes the husband to warn is a Ruach Tahara, Shapir. Ella, E, Amris, if you want to say like the Rabbanon, that it's a Ruach Tuma, how could there be a Machlokas between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva? whether it's optional to do this Ruach Tuma-inspired thing, or whether it's a chiyuv, le'iluye, inish, Ruach Tuma benafshe? Is it, is it proper, is it possible to say that a person should introduce a Ruach Tuma into himself? No, can't be, and therefore it must be that it's a Ruach Tara, at least some of the time. 
period. Gufa, we parallelogram the Gufa, we go back to a Tanaic source we saw just about eight, nine lines ago, and elaborate on it. The following Brisa, which goes for almost five lines, uh, brings three issues where it's a machlokas between Rabbi Yishmael versus Rabbi Akiva, whether the issue at hand is something that is optional for the person being discussed or uh, a chiyuv, he has to do it. So uh, we'll number them one, two, three. Number one, the one we had. It's optional. We underline Rabbi Shmo. We underline also Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva and Merchayva. Slash. Now there's another issue. Uh, when you have uh, Cohen, a Cohen cannot uh, make himself Tame by like uh, participating in a funeral, but there are uh, close relatives that he does uh, participate in their uh, funeral and their burial, and it says, La Yitama, regarding his uh, sister. This is the second point of Machlokas. It's Vayikra Chaf Aleph Pasuk Gimel over there. Unto her shall he become Tame. Does he have to, or it's optional? Well, Rishus, it's optional. Div Rabbi Shmo, we underline Rabbi Shmo, Rabbi Kivu, we also underline Omar, that it's Chova, it's a chiyuv, uh for the Kohen to do this for his uh, sister. Slash, now a third issue. When it comes to owning uh, an Evid Kanani, uh, are you allowed to free that Evid Kanani, or you have to always keep him enslaved? Says the Pasuk, La'olam bahem tavoidu, forever shall I be enslaved to you. Well, that's a rishus, that's optional. The Rabbi Shmal, who we underline, we also underline Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva, we that it's a chayva. That's the end of the snake source. Before we analyze these three cases, which we will do uh, extensively, momentarily, says Rapapa to Abaye, the Amrila, there are those who say it was Mishar Shalarava. The following suggestion Should we say, Lema, that Rabbi Shmal versus Rabbi Akiva, Bechol HaTorah Kula HaChal Pligi, that they basically had this machlokas throughout the entire Torah. Whenever there's a uh, mitzvah's assay in the Torah, uh, Rabbi Kiva says you have to keep them, Rabbi Shmuel says, you know what, it's optional. Demar Amar Sumar Amar Now, it's really uh, going on a limb to say that Rabbi Shmuel would say every mitzvah's essay is basically like optional. Uh, Shem saying, listen, do it if you want, and if you don't want, you don't have to. Should we say that? Uh, no. Says back, I guess, Abaye Amarle. No, no, the Machlokas is in these three and only these three cases because of the way that the Pasuk describes them. So now we're going to go over each case. I put a big number one in the margin and circled it about 12 lines later. First word on the line is Bishvil. I put a big number two in the margin and circled it. And when you flip the page on about the seventh line, first word on the line is Shenishadesha. I put a big number three in the margin there and circled that. And each one of these numbers indicates the case that we will be Discussing. So here's the first case. I put right angles in. This is a quote from the Bryce that we had about uh, six, seven lines ago. The Kinez Ishtoi. This is a Rishus optional divrei. Here I boxed Rabbi Yishmael, and I put a separate box around Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, Imer, Chayva. That's the end. Uh, close the right angles, the end of the quote from the above Bryce. So we're going to go back and forth, ping pong between Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Kiva, and how they understand the Psukim to get to their uh, halacha. So, my time with Rabbi Shmuel, I underline Rabbi Shmuel, and each time one of the names appears, I'll underline it. So, what's the reason, Rabbi Shmuel, that he says this uh, warning of a, of a wife uh, uh, by the husband, if he is concerned that she might uh, have some sort of relationship going with this other guy, uh, why is it that Rabbi Shmuel says it's optional? Well, Savalaki Haitana Desanya, he holds like the following Tadaic opinion. This uh, Bryce goes for uh, a word plus three lines and starts here. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Aimer, Klape Sha'amra Taira. Klape, Rashi says, word like achare, like since or because of. 
the fact that the Torah does say elsewhere, a famous pasuk, it says, Do not hate your brother in your heart. Which basically means you're not supposed to hate other people. You have to think the best. You have to always be positive. You might think that that also means over here that if a husband, he sees his wife kind of like not behaving properly. Now, she's obviously not doing anything clearly as her daraisa. Rashi actually uses the term Das Yehudis, which is she's not behaving the way that from Jewish married ladies uh, behave. You might think, well, listen, you know, he doesn't want to start anything. He should love his neighbor in his heart, love his wife in his heart. He shouldn't warn her. Well, because of that, that's why the Pusik says over here, no, 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 there is a time and place for everything. Okay, that's the end of the snake source. And that would be Rabbi Yishmael's source for saying that it's optional. Rabbi Akiva, and line Rabbi Akiva, question mark, what would Rabbi Akiva say to that? Rabbi Akiva said, you have to do it. Well, he would say the reason why a husband has to warn his wife in this situation is kinoi achrinaxi. There's another time when the Pasuk uses the term vikina. Not only the beginning of Bamidbar, Perekei, Pasuk Yodalit, but again in Pasuk Yodalit, it uses that term again. Okay. For Rabbi Shmuel, you underline Rabbi Shmuel, what would he say to that? Why does it use the term again? Well, Rabbi Shmuel will tell you, since, well, what's that pastor talking about? It talks about that maybe she was having an adulterous affair, maybe she wasn't. So since it wants to write in the Pasuk, quote two words, and then a little bit later in the Pasuk, and as we don't know, maybe she did have an adulterous affair, maybe she didn't, it also writes, uh, basically unnecessarily, but it would make sense for the structural uh, similarity of the Pasuk, Vekine es Ishtoi. In other words, before each clause, it writes Vekine es Ishtoi, not, however, to learn out Chova from either one. And that concept that a Pasuk could write something that didn't necessarily have to be written, uh, and you don't necessarily learn a Chiddush from it, is Likit the Tanah Baby Shmuel, similar to that which we learn in the Tanah Baby Shmuel, the Tanah Baby Shmuel, the following Brisa goes for a line and a half, the famous Tanah Baby Shmuel. Kol parsha shenemra v'nishnes. Wherever you have a uh, an issue that is uh, mentioned in the psukim and repeated, it doesn't have to be understood that it was repeated except for one thing that was a chiddush in it, and therefore it can say v'kine es ishtoi another two times, even though there's no chiddush except in one of those two times. That's the end of the brisa. We've reached the point where we have a big number two in the margin, which means we're going to discuss the second issue of Malhokos between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva, which was uh, a Kohen being metame himself uh, to his sister's uh, funeral. Uh, we quote the Brisa, right angles, La Yitama, Rishusti, Rabbi Shmuel, we box Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kiva, who we also box separately, Aymer Chayva. My time with Rabbi Shmuel. Now we're going to have the back and forth between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva and how they understand the Pesukim. So we underline Rabbi Shmuel. What's his reasoning that he says it's optional? Well, I did receive, since the Pasuk says, uh, by Kaihanim, Parsha Semor, it's the first Pasuk there, Pasuk Aleph, it says, Emor ala Kaihanim, speak to the priests, the Bnei Aroin, them and say to them, Lenefesh, Lo, I double underline the word lo, no, lo, yitama ba'amav. In other words, Kohen in general cannot become tamei tumas meis, for another Jew. That's why it had to write Israel Lemichtav, uh, our uh, phrase of when it comes to his sister under certain circumstances, La Yitama. Under her, he should become Tame, and it's optional. Since normally he can't, this makes it an option. For Rabbi Akiva, we know Rabbi Akiva question mark, what would he say to that? 
well, he would say, from the fact that, uh, a little bit earlier it says in the Pasuk, three-word quote, me, ki'im l'she'erai, we already know that the Pasuk tells us that a, a Kohen uh, can't become Tame Thomas Mace to some other person, but except for his relatives, Nafka, that's how we know that it is a option. Uh, when the Pasuk says, La Yitama, again, seeming to indicate that uh, Cohen can become Tame, in this case for his sister, Lamali, what do we need that for? That must be coming to tell us the next step, which would be Lechova, that is a Chiyuv. Kama. For Rabbi Yishmael, I know in Rabbi Yishmael. Now he agrees with Rabbi Akiva that the Ki'im L'She'erai Pasuk that we just brought, that is definitely to teach Rishus. Uh, well, and then Rabbi Yishmael would tell you that when it says the word La that's mitama. That what is telling you is that he can, Mr. Cohen, become Tommy Tumas Mace for his sister who uh, died. But let's say, I don't know, she's a leper, her arm fell off or her leg fell off. He would not be able to become uh, Tommy uh, to take care of that. Verabi Akiva, and on Rabbi Akiva, what would Rabbi Akiva say to that? He would tell you, well, Imkain, if so, Lichtaiv Rachbana, let the Pasuk have written the word, quote, law, end quote. Vilishtaik, it could have just said La Yitama, that extra word of he should become Tame Lamali. What would you need that for? Shmami no, Rabbi He would say, Well, that's the teacher that it's actually a Hiu for him to do that. Kama. For Rabbi Shmol, and Rabbi Shmol, who says that no, it's only optional, what would his response be? He would tell you, well, the reason it wrote the word Yitama Aidi Dechsiv La, since it wrote the word La, which everyone understands we're learning something from, Kasav Dami Yitama, it also wrote the word Yitama, Leketana de Baby Shmal, the Tana de Baby Shmal. Here we go again. Same Brisa, it's about uh, almost two lines. Whenever you're looking at Psukim in the Torah, called Parsha Shanam Ravanishnais, if there's something that is repeated, it is enough to be understood that it can be repeated. In this case, it would be the word yitama for one thing that would be nishadishin, which is the law of the law yitama. That's the end of the brisa. We've now arrived at a large number three in the margin, which indicates we're going to analyze the third point of machlokas in the brisa. Here we go. Right angles. This is by. Um, Jews owning slaves that have their ancestry, uh, at least somewhat, coming from the seven Canaanite nations. So the Pasuk says, La'ilam bahem tavaydu, you always have to enslave them. That's a rishus, that's optional to Rabbi Shmuel, like if the owner wants to free them, he can free them, if not, not. Rabbi Akiva, who we box in Merchaliva, no, it's a chiyuv to have them always as your slaves, you would not be allowed to free them. Okay. Now the ping pong. My time is Rabbi Shmuel. We know Rabbi Shmuel. Where does he get his opinion from? Well, Rabbi Shmuel, who tells you it's optional, would tell you like this: I did exceed since the pasuk says lo sichia kol neshama. When it comes to the seven Canaanite nations, the Jewish people go in and they're told you cannot let live anyone. Basically, kill them all. It's nami. So then, how could one possibly have a slave that comes from the seven Canaanite nations if you're supposed to have wiped them all off the face of the earth? That's why it had to write, to allow the following. And this is the case where you're allowed to have a slave that is has some at least partial lineage from the seven Canaanite nations. Lemishri, I put a phrase marking around the next line and two words, a case of, let's say you have someone from Nigeria, or France, or Venezuela. In other words, a guy from any one of the 70 nations other 
than the seven Canaanite nations, Shebal Aknanis, who has a relationship with a female Canaanite, Vahilid Mimenaben, and gives birth to a son. In other words, this son, this potential Evid, his dad is from Colombia or uh, England, but his mother is a Canaanite, that type of Evid, even though he comes sort of uh, from the uh, uh, seven Canaanite nations, you would be allowed to to purchase him. Desanya, as we see in the following Brisa, that that's what the Pasuk is there for. This Brisa goes for about seven lines and starts here. Minayin, how do you know uh, one of these characters, phrase marking, that mom was a Canaanite, but dad is from Belgium, that you could, you would be allowed as a Jew to purchase that person as an Evid. Like the Pasuk says, and also, from amongst the sojourners who live with you, this is uh, with you, Jews, in the land of Israel, um, you can purchase slaves. Okay, sounds like you can purchase slaves from the people who are natives of the land of Israel. Yachol, I squiggle under on the word yachol. You might think, that maybe, let's say you switch the parents around. You make the father of the potential slave you want to buy a Canaanite of one of the seven nations, mom is from Norway or from Venezuela. And maybe if they have a child, in other words, since mom is a foreigner, you would be able to purchase that kid as an Evid. You might think that. No, no. The Pasuk says, that is born in your land, the type of Evid a Jew can own is one that would be born in the land. Now, obviously, if mom and dad are both Canaanites, um, that's not the case. The case is where one parent, now what's the most likely scenario, that they'll stay where mom is from or they'll stay where dad is from? Well, the ones that are born in your land, that's probably because mom is from that place, Uh, dad is from uh, central Chad or uh, Belgium, and not the ones who are only sojourning in your land. Okay, that's the end of the b'risa. For Rabbi Akiva, I know Rabbi Akiva, uh, why does he say that it's a chiyuv, that you always have to keep these uh, slaves, the Canaanite slaves uh, enslaved? He says, me, the two-word phrase, mehem tiknu, Nafka. Uh, we already know that you can keep them, that it's optional if you want to have one of them. Then when the Pasuk continues and says three words, Do you have to always enslave them? What would you need that for? Question mark. That would teach us a chiyuv, that the Jew always has to keep those uh, slaves enslaved, cannot free them. Rabbi Yishmael, we underline Rabbi Yishmael, uh, he would say that, no, that la'olam bahem ta'avaydu is coming to tell you something else. Bahem, them, like the Canaanite slaves that a Jewish slave owner owns, uh, he can uh, have them do work of a slave, but not if it's your brother. In other words, we do have cases of Jewish slaves. Uh, somebody stole something, has to repay it. Uh, there's a certain uh, more honorable workload, which uh, that type of slave, a Jewish slave, is uh, entitled to. For Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva, that Ba'acheichem, that special way they have to, uh, Jews have to treat their Jewish slaves, uh, we would learn that out, actually, says Rabbi Akiva, from the later part of the Pasuk, when it says, um, and in your fellow brother Jews, 
each man and his brother, lo, sir do not overwork them, do not um, have them do um, back-breaking labor, etc. Come of Rabbi Shmuel, I unlearned Rabbi Shmuel. Uh, why doesn't he learn that from there? Well, he would tell you, I did receive, since it wrote, uh, one word in quotation marks, Ubaacheichem, Ksiv Nami, it also wrote, Bahem, and you guessed it, which is Lekidetaner Baby Shmuel, similar to the approach brought out by the Detaner Baby Shmuel, the following one and a half line brisa, Kopar Shashanem Ravanishnes, whenever the Torah says something and seemingly repeats it, it's understood that Lavanishnes, it doesn't necessarily have to have been repeated, even if there's only one thing you learn from it, that's the end of the brisa. I'm Rav Chist, I put a triangle on Rav Chist's name, a line later I put a triangle on his name, and on the first wide line, right at the beginning, I put a third triangle on Rav Chist's name. We're going to have a series of Rav Chista memories. I'm Rav Chista, when it comes to immorality, in other words, sleeping with someone other than one's spouse in a household, it's about as productive for the household as uh, worms are for a bunch of sesame seeds. In other words, just like the worms lead to the sesame seeds, so to that... Uh, that atmosphere of znus in the household will destroy the household. The Amar of Chista, and I put a triangle on Rav Chista's name again, Tokfa Babesa, Kikari Lashum Shema. Tokfa, which uh, Rashi explains, is anger, like uh, a horrible temper in the household is also about as effective in keeping that household uh, good as a bunch of worms in sesame seeds. In other words, it'll destroy it. Now, the Gemara points out, both this uh, sleeping around with someone other than one's spouse and uh, horrible anger issues, that which it will definitely destroy the house, hold is be'itita. That's uh, in reference to the woman in the relationship. Aval be'gavra, it's highly not recommended for a man to lose his temper, and it's also highly recommended for a man not to uh, partake in znus. However, it's not a recipe for 100% absolute disaster. Aval be'gavra, that will absolutely destroy the household. No question about it. That's not the ideal. Man should have one woman he's focusing on. A man should not lose his temper, but it is not absolute that the household will be destroyed. Whereas when the more essential foundation of the household, the woman is involved in those things, which actually for her to have a relationship with another guy is Nisr Daraisa, uh, and actually for her to, uh, who's bringing up the kids and, 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 and is really the the guiding force of the whole attitude of the house to uh, have a horrible uh, uh, temper, that definitely will destroy the house. Vamar of Chista, put a triangle of Chista's name, Betzchila, Kaidim Shechat Yisrael, before the Jewish people, uh, unfortunately, um, made the mistake of getting involved in Arias, in uh, sexual immorality, the divine presence actually used to rest with each and every Household in the household, Shenemar, like the pasuk itself says, Ki machanecha, like in your camp, um, Once the Jewish people unfortunately uh, sinned, uh, specifically when it came to uh, sexual immorality, Nistalka the divine presence, that that special relationship that was so so pertinent and and so obvious, it was removed, Shenemar, like the pasuk says, Velo ervas davar. And it shall not be seen amongst you, ervas davar, which is a sexual immorality, veshav me'acharecha, and Hashem will unfortunately turn aside from uh, you. Period. Amr Shmur Nachmeni, Amr Rabbi 
I double underline the next six words and then the six words underneath it. So, anyone who does any mitzvah in this world, or we'll say every single mitzvah that a person does in this world, you know what happens? The spiritual reality caused by that mitzvah will proceed and go before the person, which is, I mean, there will be for some people, thousands, millions, billions of spiritual goodness realities um, going along with that person, and we uh, know that from the puzzle says, uh, will go before you, your righteousness. On the flip side, we also double underline, any person who um, does something wrong, does an Avera in this world, that Avera, which the truth is if he doesn't do tshuva for it, um, same way if he regrets the good thing he did, it won't do that, but we'll say any Avera, melafefasai is a different word. Melafefasai is kind of like clings, or like will surround the the person, and go proceed the person, to the day of judgment, the final day of judgment, Shinamar. Like the Pasuk indicates, it says, Yilavtu archais darkam, yalu betayu veyoyvedu. Yilavtu archais darkam. So the pathways, Yilavtu, the, like turned aside, or it also indicates kind of like clinging to the the ways of their roads. Yalu they will go up for naught, like their actions were really uh, pointless, and they will be destroyed. That's the positive. Rebbe Eliezer, Keshur Baikakelev, that somebody who does an Avera, and the Avera could hear, sometimes Stam Avera refers to sexual immorality, actually, same way like the, the old uh, proverbial dog and the uh, postman, where the dog like grasps on her clings on, bites on to the postman's leg, and the postman's shaking off the leg, and the dog won't go. The, the Avera is uh, similar to that. Shnemar, uh, Pasuk, you have Yosef and a very uh, beautiful uh, wife of Potiphar, who actually spiritually they understood there was supposed to be some sort of connection between the two of them, um, but still, when she was uh, trying everything she could to have Yosef sleep with her, the Pasuk indicates that he didn't, and it says, Lo shamayla, he wouldn't listen to her, Lishkav etzla lihi ima, which is a little bit poetic, a double ush in there, he, he wouldn't listen to her, to lie with her, to be with her. Now, What's the double ush in there? He could have just said that he didn't listen to her to sleep with her. What's to sleep with her and to be with her? Well, because the reality is that in a vera that a person does in this world, Lishkoiv Etzla, he didn't listen to her to, uh, at that point, have relations with her in Oilam Haza. Li, I see, must be understood, La Haba, because that would have been a uh, an eternal reality to for Yosef's soul uh, if he would have uh, succumbed to that. Uh, period. I can't.